I could not have said it better than Gary Patterson did this week. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you for another week of Big 12 football talk. And before we get into a rocking week for the Big 12, please take a moment out, guys. Leave us a rating and review. Uh, they help tremendously on the growth of this podcast. And in return, we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies to send to you. If you leave me a rating and a review on the show, and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for that, guys. So here's what's going on. Gary Patterson, during the Big 12 coaches teleconference earlier this week, had a money quote. Patterson said, it really bothers me. We base everything, whether our league is good or bad, on whether Oklahoma or Texas is good. And Gary Patterson's exactly right by that. Now, here's the thing. It does happen in other conferences as well, right? Like, the Pac-12 wants USC to be good. The Big Ten wants Ohio State and Michigan to be good. Penn State as well. The ACC, I would say now it's basically Clemson. Uh, but, you know, if they had their perfect world, they would probably want Miami to be good too, right? And the SEC, you know, ideally wants Alabama and Florida to be good. But Georgia, or really anybody for that matter in the SEC, if anyone's good in the SEC, they – bow to the SEC. The media does. But here in the Big 12, a lot of it is based on whether or not Texas and Oklahoma are good. Now, part of the problem for the Big 12 this year is that it had such a bad non-conference, right? You had the debacles where Kansas State, Iowa State, and KU lost to Sunbelt teams. The KU loss was KU. I mean, KU is really bad this year. And I'm not trying to rub it in on KU fans, but the team is absolutely horrible this year. A lot of young guys playing. Les Miles is doing it the right way, but still, it's a really, really bad year for KU football. But the K-State and the Iowa State losses, they sting to Arkansas State and Louisiana, respectively. And because there hasn't been a chance for the Big 12 to play other Power 5 teams, because nobody's doing that because of, you know, 2020 and COVID, the Big 12, and in terms of the outside perception of it, is going to have a tough time. It's going to be an uphill climb because of what happened in the non-conference. So K-State loses to Arkansas State and then beats Oklahoma. If K-State had beaten Arkansas State and then beaten Oklahoma, people would say, oh, geez, top 25 team, we're overlooking them. But the loss to Arkansas State, with no ability to see them play in any other non-conference game, that is what is giving people pause. So I love what Gary Patterson said. He's right in what he said. It has been a conference that from the outside looking in has simply been perceived by what is Oklahoma and what is Texas. And year after year, and I, I, I want to see Texas succeed. I said for a long time that Texas being good is good for the Big 12. It's good for Iowa State. It's good for Kansas State, Baylor, Texas Tech. It's good for everybody else in the conference when Texas is good. And I don't mean like eight and five good. I mean like 10 and two good. Okay, that, that's what I mean by that. But at the same time, this conference this year is on a hell of a roller coaster ride. Okay, it is going to be the most fun conference to watch in America this year, bar none. Because I don't know what's going to happen in a given Saturday. Now, I actually, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I kind of do. My picks are on fire right now. 
They are 12 and 3 against the spread this season. We went 4 and 1 last week, only missing the Baylor West Virginia game. I took the Bears minus 2.5. Of course, the Mountaineers won that game outright. But 4 and 1 nailed every other pick against the spread last week in the Big 12 Conference. So this is going to be one of those years that is so topsy-turvy in this league. And people around the country should not overlook that, right? Outside of KU, there is not an awful team in this conference. And when you've got a full round robin, that takes its toll. It's why I've been preaching for many years here for the Big 12 on behalf of the Big 12. And they do a better job of this than they did a few years ago. But hammer away at the fact that you're the only conference in America that does a true non-conference or a, a true round robin. You're the only conference in the country where everybody plays everybody. Okay, this whole thing where like once every seven years, Texas A&M will play Florida in an SEC West, SEC East matchup is a joke. It's a complete and utter joke. And the Big 12 needs to keep hammering away at that. Now, Gary Patterson was, was right to point out that, hey, this conference has some damn good teams in it. Whether it's TCU, Iowa State, and, you know, still, I got to see Iowa State get it done through the end of the season to believe it, all right? I mean, they've let me down the last couple of years. I've had high hopes for them. They have not met them. But what you saw this past weekend from Iowa State beating Oklahoma is exactly why I thought that they could be the team that would finish. I picked them to finish fourth in the Big 12 behind OU, Oklahoma State, Texas, and then I had Iowa State there. Some of you always give me a hard time and say that I'm, you know, in love with Iowa State. Well, I have a lot of reasons to like Iowa State, all right? And you saw that play out. You saw a very good defense, especially the front seven. That defensive line is outstanding for the Cyclones. And you see an offense that has Brock Purdy, has Brees Hall, who right now, if you need one running back in the Big 12 for a game, I'm taking Brees Hall. All right? I mean, Chuba Hubbard's a nice player, and obviously he's a great player, Um But if I need one running back right now in the Big 12 Conference to win a game, I'm going with Brees Hall. But the running backs in this conference, I mean, you can go down the list. You can go Brees Hall. You can go Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State. My goodness, look at what that kid is doing as a true freshman. Uh, Letty Brown at West Virginia is having a nice start to the year. There are a lot of running backs in this league that are not going to get enough attention. Then you've got the tight ends for Iowa State as well. And Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen. Um, You've got Purdy at quarterback. You've got an offensive line that is improving. This is a deep conference. And then you've got West Virginia that suddenly finds itself in a position where is West Virginia that team? Are the Mountaineers that team that we've been overlooking here in the Big 12 this year? Is it possible that that's the team that we all said, who's it going to be, right? Is it going to be some combination of Baylor, K-State, Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Who is it going to be? Well, the Mountaineers are making their case. That defense right now is probably a top two or three defense in the conference. That's how good they have been. But that doesn't even get into what we're seeing right now with TCU. Like, arguably the hottest quarterback in this conference, this side of Sam Ellinger, is Max Duggan. The strides that Max Duggan has made year one to year two for the TCU Horned Frogs has been incredibly impressive. This guy every week gives me a reason to tune in, and he's still got the wheels. We saw that in the go-ahead touchdown against Texas this past weekend. But, man, his his throwing ability is improving, it seems like, every single game. I have been so impressed when the guy underwent surgery 
several weeks ago. It wasn't clear if he was going to play this year. And now he's lighting things up for the Big 12. Had a great game against Iowa State coming in in relief. Uh, he had himself a heck of a game against Texas. Max Duggan is proven that if Gary Patterson finally has his quarterback, that he hasn't had, you can say since Kenny Hill, but really Trevon Boykin, everything changes for this program moving forward. That's what is so encouraging if you're a TCU fan right now. But look at this conference top to bottom. I mean, outside of KU and then maybe Tech. But even Tech, I think there's reason for optimism there. They had a lead against Kansas State. They should have beaten Texas. So Tech, for all of its issues thus far, you can make a case that Texas Tech should be 2-0 right now. I mean, how crazy is that? Texas Tech should be 0-2. Not should be, but you can make the case. Should be 2-0. And you could have the Longhorns at 0-2 with the Sooners at 0-2. Imagine if this Red River rivalry game this weekend featured two 0-2 teams. And frankly, it should because Tech should have beaten Texas. They were up by 15 points with three minutes left two weeks ago, and they blew it. They had a 0.2% chance of losing that game, and they actually lost it. That's how pathetic it was that finish for the uh, Texas Longhorns a couple of weeks back. And then I haven't even talked about Kansas State, who finds itself in a 2-0 spot. And it looks like Skylar Thompson could find himself back. Uh, this week after taking a big hit and leaving that game against Texas Tech last week. It's not clear what his status is going to be, but that Kansas State TCU game this weekend, that's a heck of a game. And I understand the national media is not going to be captivated by TCU Kansas State, but for those paying attention, should be. It absolutely should be. This is a whale of a conference right now every single week, and it's not going to get the credit it deserves. That's partially the Big 12's fault, right? They lost non-conference games they should not have lost. That's on them. That's on the schedule makers, which obviously hindsight is always 20-20, but maybe just doing the conference slate like the SEC was the way to go because if you lost a horrible game like to a Sunbelt team, you wouldn't have a chance to play a Power 5 team to make up for it. So I understand that. I'm sympathetic to it. But still, you made some mistakes here in the scheduling. You lost some tough non-conference games. OU is 0-2, Texas is barely 1-1, and for many in the media, they're not going to give the Big 12 the attention it deserves. But we do here on this show. That's how this show started. This show started because I saw that there was a lack of attention given to the Big 12 conference. I saw what I thought was a deficiency in the marketplace, too much attention across the college football world on the SEC and the Big 10. And as somebody who used to work in Oklahoma and Woodward, Oklahoma, at K101 and Z92, moved to New York and was still watching a lot of Big 12 football, I said, I'm going to start this website, heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm going to start this podcast, and we're going to give Big 12 fans what they need and what they deserve. And since moving back to Kansas City and getting back to America, as I like to call it, we have continued to do that and continue to provide you that because you deserve it, and this conference deserves it. Because it's a hell of a conference. And even though OU might not make the college football playoff, of course, it looks very unlikely right now unless they run the table. Even then, it's going to be a long shot. This is going to be so fun in this league every single Saturday. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Look at what has happened thus far with overtime games, games down to the wire. It has been a wild ride in the Big 12. This past weekend, You had the Oklahoma-Iowa State game. You had an overtime game between West Virginia and Baylor. I mean, you can go back a couple of weeks. Kansas State OU, Iowa State TCU, both three-point games. Overtime for Texas, Texas Tech. 
It's going to be fun. And that's why we do this. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Love that you guys are here joining us each and every week as a part of this show. Boy, it's a busy week as well. We've got more to get into, and it's all coming up next. Don't go anywhere on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Now, guys, before we keep it rolling and get into our power rankings this week, don't forget, if you haven't yet, our friends at MyBookie have a great deal on the table, a 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie.com using the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12, BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. You put in 100, you get 100 off the bat, 250, 250, whatever your number is. And why not put a little wager on this OU Texas game this weekend? It's possibly the game of the year in the Big 12. It means so much for both teams. I'll be locked and also got a couple of other Big 12 games on the schedule, of course, this weekend as well. So you don't want to miss that. We'll have our picks this week on the podcast, later this week on the podcast. But, hey, you got Tech Iowa State. You got TCU K-State. Of course, the Red River Rivalry. So hook up with our friends at mybookie.com, promo code BIG12, BIG12, for a 100% sign-up bonus. Thanks so much, guys. Well, after another topsy-turvy week, let's get you our power rankings in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly Part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So remember, our power rankings go on a week-by-week basis, all right? We don't take the full body of work. This makes it more fun and enjoyable as the weeks roll along. I mean, you know, I, I take some of what's happened this season. Like if KU miraculously wins a game, I don't think I'd put them at number one, but I probably would jump them up more than most people to like three or four, depending on who they beat. That's just how I like to do it. I think the more movement we have in power rankings, the more fun it becomes. So here are the power rankings now as of this week in the Big 12 Conference. At number one, I've got the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Third straight week with a different team in the top spot. I had OU three weeks ago. I had K-State last week, and now I've got Oklahoma State. And yes, they only beat Kansas, but still. True freshman quarterback Shane Ellingworth looked his most comfortable yet. Spencer Sanders should be back and healthy soon. The defense is arguably the best in the Big 12. And with OU looking like it's having a down year, uh, this is Mike Gundy's best shot. Uh, Mike Gundy's best chance to beat OU, to take them down, to win the Big 12, to do all of that this year. No excuses. I've got Oklahoma State in that top spot this week. At number two, I've got the Kansas State Wildcats. Now, they won against Tech, and they were number one last week. But, you know, Skylar Thompson gets hurt in the process. We don't know what his status is moving forward. But that being said, these young guys are playing their tails off for Chris Kleiman, aren't they? They're learning quickly. They've come a long way. They've got a brand-new offensive line. Chris Kleiman, who, by the way, signed a six-year deal for $23-plus million this past week through 2026. Boy, you have got to love what he is doing. I mean, Bill who? Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that seriously. I say that tongue in cheek, but you know what? I mean, they may take the Snyder monument down and just put climbing up there pretty soon. The way this guy's coaching <laughs> Deuce Vaughn at running back is unbelievable. So I've got K state at two this week, just because they were trailing tech at one point. Uh, they do have the quarterback injury, but they're still in the number two spot in the big 12 at number three, Iowa state. The Cyclones are now 11 and one in October 
under Matt Campbell since 2017. Brocktober is real, folks. That's Brock Purdy in the month of October with Matt Campbell, unstoppable. You're starting to see those tight ends, Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen, get more comfortable, and boy, is it making a big difference for this offense. Then it opened things up for Brees Hall, and away you go. Uh, if Iowa State, but this must burn. I'm sure it burns Matt Campbell. I'm sure it burns the fan base. If Iowa State had just beaten Louisiana, just beaten Louisiana. I know Kohler was out, but just beat Louisiana. It's probably a top 10 team right now. Because they were top 25 before the season. At number four in the Big 12 Power Rankings, I've got the TCU Horn Frogs. They jump up from seven last week. Gary Patterson just owns Texas. He's seven and two against Texas since joining the Big 12. He's three and one against Tom Herman. Um, Max, Max Duggan is quietly turning into one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. Add him to a defense that's only going to continue to get better, and TCU could be that dark horse that we have all been overlooking this season in the conference. At number five, I've got uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers jumping up from eight last week. A home underdog winning outright against Baylor, an impressive victory against the Bears. They held Baylor to under 70 rushing yards. They got over 200 on their end, kind of a reverse of last season when it seemed like the Mountaineers would give up 200 rushing yards and then only get 70 rushing yards. So if that trend continues to hold up with a great front seven, Neil Brown is starting to put this thing together just like you expected. I mean, I'm a big Neil Brown guy. I didn't know what this season would look like, but looks like the Mountaineers are going to ride this defense to some surprising Big 12 wins this fall. At number six in the Big 12 power rankings, the Texas Longhorns, who should be 0-2 in Big 12 play, but... uh, Yes, Keontae Ingram's fumble at the goal line against TCU did not help the cause. But still, it was a sloppy, uninspiring game for Texas. Days after Tom Herman took kind of a dig at Gary Patterson, which we saw happen uh, when he said Gary doesn't really do anything great on defense. His guys are just, you know, solid and fundamental. Okay, well, uh, solid and fundamental enough with lesser recruits to beat you three out of four times now. So go figure. But uh I've got Texas at six. At seven, I've got the Oklahoma Sooners. OU has now lost two straight regular season games for the first time since 1999. And think about this. Most of the players weren't even alive right now on the team when that happened last. That's 2020 in a nutshell for you. Spencer Rattler's got some growing pains, but he's not the reason they're losing games. The backfield is missing Kennedy Brooks. The defense is not improving as much as many had hoped for. And uh, you know what? If Theo Weiss catches that ball down the right sideline on a beautiful pass by Rattler in the final couple of minutes of that game, OU probably wins. And Weiss was like a five-star recruit who couldn't haul it in. It went right through his hands. It looked like me out there. So I'm not putting a lot of this on Rattler. That being said, he's got the natural redshirt freshman growing pains. OU's at seven. Baylor's at eight, dropping from number two. They've got one win against Kansas and a loss to West Virginia. I still believe that Baylor's a team that we might be overlooking, but the offense has got to get itself back on track. That offensive line is is a mess. They had three veterans coming back last week, three starter veterans on the line coming back last week. I couldn't stop a nosebleed against the West Virginia front seven. It was just a bad performance. If that offensive line can't pick it up, I don't care how good Dave Aranda's got the defense. There's going to be some problems there for the Baylor Bears this season. The Big 12's just too deep. At 9, I've got Tech. I had them at 9 last week. They're now 0-2 in the Big 12. They lost Alan Bowman again to an injury. I feel terrible for Alan Bowman, a quarterback. 
he's been so injury prone. So injury prone. And some of it's his fault, putting his body on the line. A lot of it's not, but dang, I just feel for the kid. Henry Columbia's a Utah State transfer, played for Wells at Utah State. He came in. He got better as the game went on, but it just feels like Matt Wells can't catch a break through his first season and change. At 10, I've got the Kansas Jayhawks. This team is, is really bad. I'll say again, Les Miles is doing the rebuild the right way with high school guys, not plug-and-play JUCO players who might win you two or three games, but it is going to be ugly this season. Now, with all this being said, there's our Big 12 power rankings for this week. I don't think we're at the point where you can just count out the Oklahoma Sooners. I think any Big 12 fan that's doing that is making a massive mistake. You know, OU is still the favorite to win the Big 12. They're 0-2, but Las Vegas has them as a 2-1 favorite to win the conference. Oklahoma State's odds are 11-4. That's about 3-1. Texas is 3-1. Iowa State is 7-2 odds. TCU is 10-1. Baylor 14-1. OU is still the favorite in Las Vegas to win the Big 12. And Vegas wasn't built on, you know, losing money to schmucks like you and me, okay? Those guys know a thing or two about how to do this. So there's no doubt OU's got problems. By OU standards, problems they got to clean up. But do not count this team out. They've won five straight Big 12 titles. Yes, some guys aren't playing that in a traditional year, Kennedy Brooks would have been playing. But if Ronnie Perkins comes back on the defensive end and that side of the ball starts picking things up and the running backs get comfortable and the young wide receivers also get more comfortable, uh, this team can turn it on quickly and in a hurry. So don't think that OU's down for the count, all right? If you're there as a Big 12 fan somewhere else and you're, you know, smiling ear to ear that the big that the Sooners are going to have a terrible year, uh, don't overlook them, all right? Just don't do that. That would be a major mistake on your part. Pete Mundo and Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Next, picks previews heading into the weekend here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, we've gotten to the point of the show where it's time for our picks and our previews. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Our Big 12 picks against the spread last week went 4-1. and one. They are on a roll at 12-3 and three on the season. We were 8-2 and two after last week, and now we're 12-3, and three, rocking and rolling, feeling good. We've got three games on the schedule this week. Of course, Red River rivalry, OU Texas. Got Iowa State taking on Texas Tech and Ames, and then TCU hosting Kansas State. Three really interesting games, each for their own reasons. Let's start with the Red River rivalry. I'm not going to, you know, hold that one for last. That's the one that you guys are obviously most interested in. So uh, this game is so fascinating because it's basically an elimination game from the Big 12 championship race. Think about that. OU Texas, this is so 2020, by the way. OU Texas is an elimination game for the Big 12 title when these teams were projected to be the ones in the Big 12 championship game by most of the Big 12 media before the season. I had a Bedlam uh, matchup in the Big 12 title game, but most media members in this conference thought it was going to be OU Texas playing for a Big 12 title. Now, they're both on the ropes in the 2020 season. So here's what OU's got to do in this game. OU has got to stop the running game of the Longhorns. 
and I don't love to go into team stats this early in the season, but to put this in the perspective, Texas is ranked second in the Big 12 in rushing offense. But OU thus far has allowed the fewest rushing yards per game in the Big 12 at just 85 a contest at 3.1 yards per carry. So for all of OU's defensive issues, the running defense has held its own thus far. They haven't taken the ball away. The secondary has had problems. But the running defense has been pretty darn good uh, for Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. It looks like Ronnie Perkins going to be back uh, this week for the Sooners. That have been kind of the rumbles and the rumors. And that is a huge addition, as he was probably the second-best defensive player on the team last year behind Kenneth Murray. Add to that a great linebacking crew, a very good linebacking crew of Deshaun White, Brian Asamoah, and Nick Bonito. And if they can hold that Texas offense in check on the ground, that's a big deal. I want to force Sam Ellinger to beat me through the air. Not that he can't. He can. He can. But he's got a younger group of wide receivers. A lot of veteran talent is gone from the last couple of years. So I'm making Sam Ellinger beat me through the air. Meantime, for Texas, the Longhorns have to rattle Spencer Rattler. No pun intended. You've got a redshirt freshman in his first Red River rivalry. Coming off two straight regular season losses, something that hasn't happened to OU in over 20 years. That is a recipe for a quarterback to get flustered early in this game. Now, the problem here for Texas is that its defense has only had three sacks in three games. That's the second fewest in the Big 12 Conference so far this season. So the thing that they need to do early and often, they have not done well this season, and that is getting to the quarterback. And by the way, you want a little uh, tidbit here on Spencer Rattler? The last time a redshirt freshman, there have been six redshirt freshman quarterbacks for Oklahoma to start against Texas. The last one was Sam Bradford. He beat Texas 28-21 back in 2007. So Rattler has been shaky, but he hasn't been the problem for this team this this year. He hasn't been the problem at all. He's just kind of getting through some of the growing pains. So in this game, I am going to be rolling with Oklahoma getting a 40-37 to win over the Texas Longhorns in the Red River rivalry. History is on OU's side. Since 2000, Oklahoma has lost its game immediately prior to the Red River game just three times since 2000. But they beat the Longhorns on all three of those occasions. 28-21 in 2007, 31-26 in 2014, 29-24 in 2017. So I'm rolling with OU in a three-point win. I like Lincoln Riley in this spot. I don't know what the pulse is for Tom Herman in this program. They should be 0-2, frankly, in the Big 12. And that would probably change the spread if Texas was 0-2 at this point, which they should be 0-2 at this point. So I'm going to get OU. I'm going to give the 2.5 points as well. So I like OU minus 2.5. And I like them as outright winners by about a field goal over the Texas Longhorns on Saturday in the Red River rivalry. Let's go to the next game. Next game on the schedule, we are going to roll to Ames, Iowa. Jack Trice Stadium. Iowa State is hosting Texas Tech. It's a big number in this game. And a lot of it, of course, hinges on the health of Alan Bowman, the quarterback for the Red Raiders, who is listed as day-to-day. That's a good thing, by the way. I, you know, I, I saw the Bowman hit, as many of you did. He's day-to-day with the ankle injury. I think he's going to play. And if he does play, and I'm not confident, but I believe that he will, I like the Red Raiders getting 13 points on the road. That's just just way, way too big of a number. 
for this game. 13 points on the road against Iowa State, who, yeah, has two close wins. They've won those games against TCU and Oklahoma. Yes, two good teams, but they've won them by a combined 11 points, or not even, 10 points. Meantime, you got Texas Tech, who should have beaten Texas, and then also was leading Kansas State on the road as they were dealing with their backup quarterback. That's a pretty good spot. So Henry Columbia, he's been through some of the battles at Utah State. He played at Utah State. I know it's not the Big 12, but this is not some true freshman getting game action if he is called upon to replace Alan Bowman. But I'm getting nearly two touchdowns for Texas Tech in this game. I can't turn that down. I can't. And I know Tech has not been good against the spread as of late, but I'll tell you what, Iowa State hasn't either. Iowa State is 1-6 in six against the spread in its past seven games. 1-6. in six. Vegas and betters have fallen in love with the Iowa State Cyclones. And I know that October is a different story. I get it. But you know what else? Looking at this Iowa State team, the front seven is awesome. But the back end is not great. Iowa State right now ranks eighth in the Big 12 in pass defense efficiency. Meantime, you've got a Texas Tech team that loves to sling the ball around and is ranked second right now in the conference in passing offense. They've got a really strong, solid, tall group of wide receivers. I think Tech will put up some points. I don't think they'll win the game. The Iowa State comfortably wins this game by about 7 to 10 points, probably 10 points. But I like, uh, I'm going to go with Texas Tech to cover this nearly two-touchdown spread on Saturday. Then, last but not least, uh, you've got Kansas State on the road against TCU. K-State is a nine-point dog on the road. And did you know Kansas State is as good of a bet in Vegas as it gets lately? The Wildcats are 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 games. And once again, these two games are really tough because we don't know the health of the quarterbacks for the underdogs. Texas Tech and Kansas State, that makes it a difficult game to bet. But you know what? I'm not here to back out of picks, all right? You come for the hot takes and the picks, so I'm giving them to you, all right? So give me Kansas State plus nine points on the road. K-State is 2-0 in the Big 12. And they still get no respect. They go on the road to TCU, and they're almost a double-digit underdog. That is made for Chris Kleiman to juice his guys up and get a chip on that shoulder. K-State is 5-1 against the spread in their last six games on the road as well. So I am going on Kansas State plus the nine. I'll feel a lot better about it if Skylar Thompson is playing. And while K-State has a young team, here's the other part of it that should not be overlooked. And it's something we've talked about. Without these stadiums packed, the road team is not as big of a disadvantage as they traditionally might be. And that should not be overlooked as we get ready for this game on Saturday afternoon. And I'll leave you with this tidbit in this game. Kansas State is plus seven in turnover margin this year. They have not lost a single turnover this year. They are plus seven. Nobody else in the Big 12 is better than plus two. So K-State has dominated the turnover margin in every game they've played. And you know what else they've done? They've protected the quarterback. They've only given up three, or excuse me, four sacks in three games. And TCU, which is usually good at getting to the quarterback, is dead last in the Big 12 at just two sacks in two games. That's usually a strength for TCU. It has not been this year. So give me K-State with the uh, plus nine, but I do believe this game comes down to Max Duggan making a big play late for TCU at home. I like the Horned Frogs by a field goal. 
K-State with the points. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys are the best. Appreciate you each and every week. Our friends at mybookie.com and the promo code BIG12 are very important partners for us. So we hope that you will uh, give them a shot and get a 100% deposit bonus, no questions asked, free money right out of the gates when you use the promo code BIG12. That is the biggest way you can help this show today. And also have some fun this weekend with our picks that are on fire. And don't forget, uh, leave us a rating and a review on the podcast. We've got free koozies, Heartland College Sports koozies. We'll put in the mail for you when you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Love you guys. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you on our Sunday recap podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you then.